It's good to be back with you in person. Thank you for your flexibility. If you were joining us uh, last week, I videoed my sermon and thankful that worked okay. Uh, not ideal, but uh, we do the best we can with what we have at the time. So thank you for your flexibility, church, family. Uh, grateful to be back here with you. also want to let you know our Nationwide Youth Roundup group is uh, getting ready to go here in a couple weeks. And so if you would like to uh, support that trip in any way, uh, there's a bucket out there in the lobby. You can sign up for some groceries to feed our group uh, on the way out as well. We've got 50 people going. So we're in preparation packing mode here soon. So thanks again for your support. Thanks to those who came to the taco lunch last week, raised over $1,500. So we appreciate your generosity there as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. God provides. Uh, I always know that he will. And so we just rejoice in that. I also want to pray for our country and just say thank you for those who have served our country uh, in our military. As we think about this uh, holiday weekend for July, just want to uh, say a prayer of thanks as well as protection and also to remind us that our king is King Jesus and he uh, supersedes any world power out there. But I want to take a moment just to thank God for the freedoms that we have and to uh, just spend some time praying. I also want to be praying for, for Jerry Lynch and family. Jerry's health is declining and so we just want to uh, love and support Mary Lou and family at this time. So I want to pray for Jerry as well. So let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for this freedom that we have to gather in this room. And I thank you for the men and women over the years who have sacrificed so that we could have these freedoms. And I want to pray for President Biden and Vice President Harris and the cabinet members in Washington, D.C., and those in our state levels and Supreme Courts and legislatures. And Lord, I pray for your wisdom to guide our leaders. And I pray for your protection. Uh, we pray for uh, decisions to be based on the truth of your word and respect for human life. Lord, I pray that you would guide our nation. And we pray for peace. I want to pray for chaplains who are working with our military, that you'd help them to communicate the enduring word of you, King Jesus. Lord, we also want to pray for our families who are grieving uh, right now, and for those who who are whose health is declining, we want to pray uh, for Jerry. I'm just thankful for his faith in you, and that your mercy would be very present to Mary Lou and the family in this window of time. Help us as church brothers and sisters to come along and encourage them. Lord, I thank you for this moment to be here together, and in this room or online to uh, to hear your word. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would uh, inspire us through your word and that we would see you today more clearly, King Jesus. Help us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So I was reflecting on my week. Uh, someone said, you know, what's new with you this week? And as I was reflecting on my week, uh, I had one moment and then I had, an, had another moment that I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, so this week I got to go with Grace to her college orientation to the University of Missouri in Columbia. So that was a big deal, and I'm going to tell you about that in a moment. And then I just realized that also this week Walker passed his driver's test for his driver's education. 
Um, so he's still got another few weeks to, uh, before he turns 16 to be official and needs some more practice with mom and dad. So we've kind of, I've had two monumental moments this week of, of daughter preparing for college and son uh, graduate, or getting his driver's license, sort of. Uh, so that means I'm old, I think, is what that means. Now I'm officially joining the crew. Uh, but it's been a good, been a good week. But uh, on Wednesday, I was with Grace. Uh, we went to the Columbia, Missouri, University, Missouri, to get her registered and signed up and oriented for her schooling. And I was at Cornell Hall on the campus, University of Missouri, with uh, like 500 other parents and the Dr. Michelle Fries is her name. I think I'm pronouncing her name right. Uh, she was in what, like the student affairs office, and she was talking to us parents. And she said, your role as a parent is, is changing. You know, up until this moment, you kind of knew everything about your kid's life. And in a few weeks, that's going to change, and you're not going to really know all the details anymore. And that's okay, you know, that's part of growing up. And she, she said, your role as a parent is going to change and become more like a coach, where you're going to be kind of on the sidelines and you're going to be able to kind of be there from a distance. And every once in a while we call time out and get on the field with them, but it's just going to be a little bit of a different role as a parent. And that's pretty standard parenting literature. You kind of just move on. The next transition will be counselor after coach. You're even further removed and they'll just come, come talk to you, hopefully, uh, and I think we get the parents get smarter as the kids get older too. I think that's how that works. Um, so you're, so we're we're going to be in this coaching season now with with her since she'll be uh, away to college here in a few weeks. And uh, she was talking about how one mom was just kind of frustrated with this transition and was frustrated that you know the kids weren't responding to her text messages. I don't know if moms across the board have this problem of you know I send a message to my kids or to a husband. No one responds, no one responds, it's just crickets, I send a message, no one responds to my messages. And mom was a little frustrated. And she said, okay, new rule, I'm going to send a message, and the the letters are just three letters, P-O-L. You have one minute to reply, yes or no, or you will be in trouble. And I'm not really good with text lingo, and so P-O-L, do anybody know what this means? Proof of life. Let me know if you're alive. You have one minute to tell me yes or no. And if the answer is no, we're going to have to have a long conversation about this. I just need to know that you're alive. Can you just simply say yes to that message? That was that mom's perspective. Maybe moms or dads out there, you're like, yeah, I kind of real, I know what you're feeling. In a sense, Ezekiel 37 is God's P-O-L. God's people are pretty well in a dark spot. And he asks Ezekiel, do you think these bones can live? And so I'm going to get you into Ezekiel chapter 37. It's in your pew Bible on page 707 if you'd like to follow along. But I'm really uh, excited for this uh, text. It's one that maybe if you have any reference point at all with Ezekiel, this might be one of the ones you remember about. Um, and so it's, I think it's fun. It's weird. It's spooky. Uh, it's a vision. So we, I think that's a vision. Uh, so, so let's go ahead and get into the, the text. And I just want to look at it uh, from three different angles uh, as we walk through these three different sections. So uh, here we go. Ezekiel 37 verse 1. 
The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. So this, again, hand of the Lord has been on Ezekiel a few times. Sometimes it's not always a good experience. And then it says, led by the Spirit, puts me in a valley. He's had this experience earlier in chapter 3 where he sees the glory of God. So I'm taking this as this is an experience that Ezekiel's having. Maybe it's a vision. Not 100% sure, but we're just going to walk through it and we'll we'll figure out what's going on. But he's walking through this valley full of bones. So think valley. So do you see see the hills or the mountains on one side? Hills, mountains on another side? And then lots of bones. Anybody wigged out yet? Just hang on. Get ready. Verse 2. He led me back and forth among them. Among what? The bones. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. So has these people been dead for a while? Yeah. And there's been a lot of them. Here's the three pictures that kind of come into my mind when I see this. And I feel bad for even saying this, but this is just what, this is what it is. So do you remember the Lion King? Like the, like the old one, like with a cartoon. And Simba and Nala, they go off and they go into this where? An elephant graveyard. And it's full of all those bones. And it's kind of dark. And then the hyenas come. So is this a good place to be? They're not supposed to be there. They're going to get in trouble. And it, you know, it turns out really bad. And so the, they fall into all these elephant bones. And you, know, you hear them breaking. And you know, dry bones. That's one picture. Uh, another picture could be Harry Potter and Chamber of Secrets. And you're going to have to help me out with this one. Because I don't remember this very well. But there's a place where they're looking for that basilisk guy. The snake thing, right? Am I saying it right? And there's a bunch of bones in there. So you have that picture. The more reality one that's really gruesome for us is I just think of some of the world wars that we've had and those mass graves full of bones. So is this a happy place or a sad place? It's sad. So again, when you're reading through some of this, what we call apocalyptic literature, just kind of just feel it. Is this happy or sad? We're sad right now. This is spooky and there's lots uh, like a lot of bones not just like three or four but we've got lots of dead dry bones verse three god asked ezekiel son of man can these bones live on first glance like there's no way there's no life here these cannot live and he says sovereign lord or maybe better lord god you alone know which I think is a pretty good answer. Some people say, well, Ezekiel's kind of taking a cop out, but only you know, God. And there's just some things that just can be answered by, God, you're the one that knows this. I don't think he's being snotty with them. I just think, Lord, sovereign Lord, Lord God, you're in charge. You, you know this. So he says, I want you to say, they said to him, verse 4, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So the first, uh, first lesson we're learning is that through this text, we can see the power of the word of God. We see the power of the word of God. And so Ezekiel is a prophet. He's had to do some crazy things in his prophetic career, like lie on his side for like over a year. 
And he's had to build a model and all kinds of other wild stuff. And so this next one, he says, I want you to preach to the bones. Now, I've preached this in some weird places, but I don't think I've ever preached to bones. And so I want to just give a shout-out to Mrs. Johnson from New Berlin High School. I got to uh, take... um, um, take Jade and her parents through the school when they were here. And Mrs. Johnson, was she's a science teacher, the biology prof- teacher at our school. And I said, Mrs. Johnson, I want, I want to use a skeleton for my sermon on, on today. And I saw she had this cool little skeleton. What's the skeleton's name? Anybody remember the name of it? Oh, what is it? I can't hear you. Amy. Okay, so Amy was there. I'm like, hey, Amy would be kind of cool. She's like, no, that's like a real cadaver human bones. You're like, you can't have that. But... She said I could take this. So I just want to give a shout-out to Mrs. Johnson right now. So Ezekiel is called to... Doesn't, are you excited you came to church today? That's so fun. And so Ezekiel is, is told to come and speak to these bones. Now, that's kind of weird. That's weird, okay? Now, my friend Christopher said he'd hang out after church today. If you want to come look at these bones, you can, Okay. Okay, and I think, I think this is the ear. Is this the ear bones, maybe, you think? Okay, so our ears have bones in them, right? What are they called? Do you remember the fancy, like a hammer and anvil is two of them, I think, isn't there? And then there's one other one that, I don't know. So, you know, there's, our, our ears have bones, but do our bones have ears to hear? Do our bones really, I mean, so she's like, preach these bones, Ezekiel. So that's the picture. God's, God has to do crazy things sometimes, doesn't he? So he says, preach these bones. Verse 4, prophesy, say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, make flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. We'll see that phrase a few more times today. You see it several times in Ezekiel. Then you're going to know what God's doing. So, preach these bones. And so he's saying, dry bones come to life. I'm going to put some tendons on you. I'm going to put some flesh on you. I'm going to put some skin on you. Ezekiel was a priest in training. And you know what one of the responsibilities of the priests were? They were the butchers. They were the ones that carved up the cow and put it on the burnt offering. That was what they did. And has any of you butchered an animal? Like skinned a deer? So you have to skin it. Then you cut the flesh off of it. And then you get to those cool little things that are hard to cut. You know, those tendons, that sinew. And here's what it says here. Tendons, flesh, skin. So Ezekiel, I know what that's like. I I know what that's about. And so you've got to have these bones, but then they need some things to connect with one another. You've got to put some flesh on them, and then you've got to put some skin on these bones. And you will come to life. I'm going to put the breath of life into you. Verse 7. So Ezekiel does what God tells him to do. He says, so I prophesied. I still don't know what that would have looked like. But he's like, okay, Bones, we're going to have church. (laughs) 
I'll be honest, uh, I've had some bad Sundays here. We're like, man, I think you guys are dead. You've never been this dead, okay? You've never been this dead, okay? Uh, sometimes, like high school, Sunday school class at 9 a.m., that's, that's pretty, they're almost like zombies, but they still have flesh and skin on those kids, okay? So never been that bad. But he's like, okay, so hear the word of the Lord. We're going to put some breath on you. So he says, so I, so I prophesied, verse 7, and as I was prophesying, there was a rattling sound. So can you imagine some of the rattling sound of these bones? You got, these are vertebrae. So you got a rattling sound. And I'm just wondering, could Ezekiel hear himself preach? Because how many bones are there? Like a lot, like a valley full of bones. So do you think, I mean, this is barely, you can barely even hear this. Can you just imagine all those bones coming to life? And you've got, I don't know what these are, like femur bones and things are connecting. And you got this rattling sound and this starting to come together. Would that have been a kind of a cool sermon to preach? You're like, whoa, this is working. This is working. God's word is powerful. So we can see the power of God's word, the power of God's spoken word. And that's one thing I prayed this morning. I just prayed, God, your word can do this. I can't do this on my own. And so he's prophesying. There's this rattling sound. Bones are coming together, bone to bone. Verse 8, I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them. Skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So they're looking like humans. And we got bones coming together. And we got this cool sound rattling, tendons, flesh, skin, no breath. So this nice little sternum, am I, am I holding it right? I think so. It's not, not no movement. Just Still dead. Still dead. So verse 9, God says, prophesy to the breath. So we just had to speak to the bones. Now he's going to speak to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord or Lord God says. Come, breath, from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. We just found out something about these bones, didn't we? These slain, they've been killed. These slain that they may live come from the four winds. You see that a few times in the Bible. One, specifically Revelation 7, you got these angels are holding back the four winds because of all of creation. The word for wind or breath or spirit is the same word. Wind, breath, spirit, it's all the same. And we have it 10 times in our text today in these 14 verses. Do you think that's important? So this section reminds us that we see the power of God's spirit or God's breath. And so God's breath is there in the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, where right after it says, and God created the heavens and the earth, and then it said, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and then it said, and the Spirit of God, the breath of God was hovering over the surface of the deep. That's Genesis 1, but we don't have any breath in these bones yet. And I think he wants us to think back to when God made Adam, you want to go to your first book of your Bible, just go to like page 2 if you want to. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It's on the screen too, but this is a good one. This is one you need to know. 
And so we've got this picture in Genesis chapter 2 where God is like gathering some dirt. I don't know if this is how he did it. This is the picture I have. Okay, you know, God's kind of forming man. Okay, he's grabbing some, I don't like to use these words, but can I just say two Hebrew words today? All right, so he's grabbing some Adama, and he makes Adam. So he's grabbing some dirt. That's the word for Adam is Adama, from the dirt. So he's grabbing dirt, and he's formed Adam. I don't know, do you think he formed him this way? Think he formed him this way? I don't know. Okay. Chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And so God says to Ezekiel, use prophesy to this breath, call it from all the four winds, and breathe and have this breath enter these bones. And we have this breath of life in us. It is a gift from God. Wednesday night, we were sitting out in the backyard at uh, the campus ministry where Grace is going to attend at Mizzou. The uh, campus minister lives in Midway, Missouri. Anybody been to Midway? It's, I guess, halfway between Columbia and Boonville, hence Midway. Close to the river. And so we were in Midway, Missouri, backyard, lawn chairs, probably what you've done something this weekend or will do. And we had church in the backyard. And uh, the, the one of the students gave a devotion and just talked about, you know, kind of current events and how a lot of people are upset and how as followers of Jesus we need to be respectful to everybody. And, uh, and then Grace is like, hey, what are you preaching on Sunday? I said, well, I'm preaching on Ezekiel 37. She's like, well, I think you need to change your sermon. You need to do something about, like, all that's going on in the world right now. I'm like, well, this is what I'm preaching on. Um, but this verse talks about what's going on. The breath of life. And that God gives us all life. And so as followers of Jesus, we are called to respect all of human life. From a little bitty baby to that baby's mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and great-grandma, great-grandpa. From the littlest baby to the oldest human being, we are all worthy of dignity and respect and honor. Why? Because we have the breath of life in us. And we are called as followers of Jesus to honor life and to honor all who disagree with one another. They are worthy of our respect too. So did you hear me there? You know what I'm talking about? And so I think even Ezekiel 37 can talk about what's happening in our world and Supreme Court and, and everything else that's going to keep coming down our way. Ezekiel 37 and all these crazy bones, that's just weird. But God's word is still so, so true and so, so powerful. And what I love about the breath of God is that it is just so uh, strong. 
And you go to the Psalms. Can I invite you to Psalms 33, verse 6? If you want to find it in your Bible, you just kind of open it, Psalms, usually the middle, and you find Psalms. And Psalm 33, verse 6, we have this picture of the breath of God. Psalm 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, the starry host by the breath of his mouth. The breath of, it's almost like God breathed and stars showed up. That's pretty amazing too. I mean, human bodies are amazing. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. You look at the universe and God spoke that into existence too, the stars. That's just amazing. And God loves us. Uh, So we see in Ezekiel 37 the power of God's breath. And here's something else that was fun. I have permission to talk about this. Uh, Rick was getting ready to put this away. Uh, this morning, and he told me what, was, what this was, and I'm like, no, I want to I use this for a sermon. Preachers can find sermons anywhere, and so I found one this morning at 9 o'clock. Uh, so this is a vase, a vase, uh, that Gina Carr made. It's from blown glass, and I always like, that's one of my, my, my favorite things at Silver Dollar City is the, the glass blower, okay? And so this, she made this so really, really good. It's heavy, and Rick was telling me there's like bubbles in here, he said, that's Gina's breath. I was like, that's kind of cool. And so we have this reminder that you know, this really couldn't exist if God didn't give Gina the breath of life. And we have this little visual now that they can, they'll never forget this now, will you, that the breath of life is here in that little glass thing. And so we have this picture of life that God gives through his spirit, through his breath. So we get back to Ezekiel 37. He's preaching to the breath, sovereign Lord, four winds, verse 10. So I breathed, so I prophesied, and as he, com- as he commanded me, and breath entered these bones, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Well, this is starting to get kind of, whoa. I mean, not just a group, but it almost sounds like they're just lined up. This is the picture I have, and they're rank and file, and they are in order. A vast army standing on their feet. Then we go to verse 11. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. I'm so glad that we have these verses like this in the Bible, because sometimes we just are left with, what's this supposed to mean? Got a bunch of bones, now they're army, they're not zombies anymore, but what's this mean? God's going to tell Ezekiel, here's what I just, here's what's happening, this is what, what this is all about. These bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, finally Ezekiel gets to speak to people. Remember, speak to the bones, speak to the breath, preach to the people now. And you remind them of God's faithfulness. We see the power of God's faithfulness. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people. Do you hear that? My people. You're going to see it one more time in the next verse. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you... My people 
will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. So he's saying, here's what this picture's about. These bones, all these dried up bones, that's my people. And they feel like they're dead, dried up, cut off from hope. They're a thousand miles away from home, and many times, many of the last image they have of their home was it up in flames. They may have even had chains as they went away from their homeland, a thousand miles away. Far from home. Low, dark, valley, dead bones, no hope. My people are like this. But just like those bones, they can come back to life. And I'm going to bring them back to their home. Put this sermon in a sense, it goes something like this. The word of God and the breath of God revives the people of God. God's word, God's spirit brings us life. He says, I'm going to put my spirit in them. I'm going to bring them back home someday. That's the picture. I'll bring them back home. You see Jesus in this text? I always want to ask, especially when we're in the Old Testament, how's this point to Jesus? We can make the turn now. We've had to do our homework, but now we can. Jesus laid down his life and was put in a grave. But he didn't stay in the grave long enough for him to rot away, did he? The scripture says his bones did not see decay. Psalm 16, Acts 2. No, just three days. And he comes out of that grave. And he does something strange in the book of John. John chapter 20. It's Easter evening. Doors are locked. People are scared for the Jews. And John chapter 20, verse 22 Jesus shows up. John 20, verse 22, he says, Peace, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And, he, and with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Is that kind of weird? One of the first things Jesus does when he comes out of the grave Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And that's going to be fulfilled in a few days. Pentecost and there afterwards. And for those of us who wear the name Jesus, we have that breath of God in us called the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 8, Verse 11, it says, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. 
Hang on to that verse too, Romans 8, 11. The Holy Spirit of God who brought Jesus out of the grave lives inside of us. And so maybe you are like these dead bones today. Maybe you feel just worn out, dry, cut off, kind of dying inside. I have good news for you. God's Spirit wants to breathe life into you. Just need a breath of fresh air we talk about. The Holy Spirit is that for us. And so the Word of God and the breath of God revives the people of God. So what are you doing to get into God's Word? To get some of that prophet into us. We need God's Word in us. So find a way to get the Scripture in you. That's one way to revive. We also need the Holy Spirit. Gift from God. God in us. And so maybe you say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Ask for the breath of God. Maybe as you consciously think about breathing this week or do some of that relaxation breathing, that is helpful. You remember the Holy Spirit and he can breathe life into you. So I want to encourage you, come check these bones out before you leave today if you want. I'd be happy to pray with you if God's stirring your heart. If you're not sure what that means to follow Jesus, I invite you to visit with me before you leave today. I'll be out by the prayer wall as you leave.